0: Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel
1: shame, you know, and then you get free.
0: Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss
1: McGill. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice for episode 297, I have a special guest, special indeed. We got Alec from the Five for Fighting podcast. What's happening, man?
0: I got to be your most recurring guest at this point, and I just think that says volumes about your podcast. Oh, I'm trying to
1: completely sink myself, I think. yeah, <laughs> Doing my best to get yeah. kicked off the network, I think.
0: You're in the running for most improved after you get me off of here and start interviewing actual guys with merit. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I think you've actually done my show more than you've done your own show. Fuck, at this point, oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm on your show more regularly than I release episodes, That's that's for sure. Well, I know, so
1: today folks, the reason I'm having Alec on, of course, we're, uh, you know, we're not doing, (laughs) we're not doing the minor league mayhem uh, thing, but we are going to stick with the minor league theme. Um, We're going to do a kind of an East Coast Hockey League in review. And uh, because that's kind of, that's, uh, as the kids would say, that's Alec's jam is the East Coast League. Certainly not mine. (laughs) And, uh, but I wanted to. Last episode, I talked about like the final fight totals and in the Southern Pro and the East Coast and the American League and all that shit. And I'm kind of, uh, kind of thinking, well, everyone talks about the NHL and all that stuff. No one really talks about the minor leagues, especially the fight totals. So it's like, old Jay in Iowa, I'm going to get him back on. We're going to talk about the Southern Pro League. That'll be either Sunday or next week or whatever. But East Coast League, I'm thinking, well, there's only one guy I'm going to talk to, the man that fights with the East Coast League. Talks about the East Coast League. Has a fight channel about the East Coast League. Hangs out in Norfolk with Nico Blatchman. He's a man of the people. And a man of the East Coast League. I figured I'd get you on
0: to do this. Boy, wow. What a, what a, what, a, what an introduction for me. I don't know if I've ever had somebody go that in depth for it, but uh, yeah, Mr. East Coast League, they, yeah. so, so East Coast that they uh, that they don't like my YouTube channel and try to copyright the uh, the old podcast to take me down. Fun fun stuff for Mr. East Coast League over here. <laughs> yeah, Mr. East Coast League, that the East Coast League doesn't want, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the what, what did you say the uh, the old fungus on the shower curtain that the yep. ECHL just keeps trying to scrub, but damn it, it won't go away. Yeah, it keeps coming back. Yeah, no matter yeah, how fed, hard you scrub. Th- they fed the stray cat one time, and that's all it took. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, <laughs> well. So before we uh, actually, I, uh, well, and th- and that's in all seriousness. The reason I had Alec on is, uh, I mean, the only East Coast League stuff I watch is the shit you post. Well, because that's the only way you can see it. You can't <laughs> see it anywhere else. So I gotta rely right. on I gotta rely on Alec to put up the fights, and if he says the fight's good, I'll go watch it. Um, you know, I'm familiar with Nico and of course Glotz and Collins and all those guys, but, um, you were certainly much more, uh, uh, knowledgeable than I am on this topic. So this is basically going to be your episode. Look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I'm, I'm just going to supervise. I'm going to pass on the duties to you. But, um, first though, I wanted to say you were, uh, there were some shen- shenanigans in Norfolk a couple weeks back. You went down and, uh, and took in a game and and everything else. How did how did your trip to Norfolk and the scope go?
0: Oh, it was a great time! Legendary Arena, it was so funny. I got it. I got when we got inside the arena. I don't know if it was because I had a I had a few beers in me with Byron and Haley at that point, And I want to give a shout out to those folks. They were fans of the podcast. They uh, bought me a ticket to the game, and then we ended up pre-game. We had a bar out there. It was, what was it called Baxter's? I guess it's like a pretty pretty well known sports bar to go to right before the old Admirals game. So we went there and drank our faces off for a bit. But you get into the scope, and it's so funny. It's just such a dimly lit arena, like compared to any like all the uh, all, like all the stands like if you're not up on the glass or whatever it's just like it, it reminds me of almost like the old quebec league footage back before it was like the l, well, I mean even the l you got dimly lit arenas but i'm talking like the old qs phl where yep. every every fight had a cote in it and you know it was just like the most dimly lit arena and i loved every second of it because it's just like pinnacle minor pro hockey legendary arena uh and i mean overall the 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 game itself was all right, but I really wasn't there for the game. I was just kind of part of it. It was really just a fun time to talk with uh, Byron and Haley and then seeing Nico out there. Uh, Unfortunately, he wasn't playing. um, I think it was his hand after that fight he had, the last fight he had of the season. um, I can't remember who it was with off the top of my head, but it was some guy from uh, Newfoundland that started it, and Nico finished it. We'll put it that way. Um, And so – it was overall a good time though the scope was a legendary arena to see and the 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 city of norfolk was great and it was funny cuz i had messaged you when it happened and i didn't know i didn't know i felt bad afterwards i listened to the podcast i didn't know you were actually recording while i'm sitting there blowing up your phone cuz again feeling no pain in the bar but yeah ended up sitting next to uh matt Sommerfeld's billet parents of all people and i guess what it was so they were in town for their 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 son was the assistant coach of the Norfolk Admirals, and they had just come in town to watch the game. I don't think they had seen him behind the bench yet or anything like that. So I think this was their first time coming down. And they were like, yeah, we're from uh, Swift Current and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, so you guys uh, – or they had asked, like, do we, have we heard of the WHL? And uh, Byron and Haley had heard of it. And, of course, I, I obviously I know the WHL, not in the depth that you do or uh, other guys out there because even still major junior hockey is, like, foreign to me. Being down from Florida, growing up in Florida, I didn't really didn't really watch too many Saskatoon Blades no. versus Swift Current Broncos games growing up. Um, so they asked if we knew the Dub, and of course that's where a lot of tough guys came from back. and They said, so "Of course, I know a, a decent amount about the Dub," and I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Oh yeah, we were we were actually billet parents from Swift Current," and I said, "Oh, that's awesome." You know, did you ever get any uh, any enforcers or tough guys in? First name they threw out to me was, "Oh yeah, you ever hear of a guy named Matt Sommerfeld?" And it was. Of course, like this is, I think, like two two or three weeks after you did the Sommerfeld Player Spotlight, I think. Um, no, it was that, that day. Was. The day you were blowing up my
1: phone, I was recording, and I mentioned that. Well, Matt, you had mentioned. You out had, of all yeah, you of the men- guys, I started talking about Matt Sommerfeld. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, well, fuck, yeah, I've heard of Matt Sommerfeld. You know, I knew exactly who that was. Um, And so we just started talking. They were the nicest people from Swift Current. And they thought it was just like hilarious that there was some fat guy that knew who Matt Sommerfeld was sitting next to him up in Norfolk. So that was, a, I mean, what a great time. And then meeting Byron and Haley, it's like, you know, you meet people on the Internet. And I know it's funny. It's so weird. It's so weird for me to say that because growing up, of course. And it's at the age, or we're, we're at the, the part of technology now where I think it's more, not a, it's not as taboo. But I – even being 27, I still grew up in the age you don't talk to strangers on the internet, you know? Yeah. And now that's, that's all my fuck. More of my friends are internet friends than <laughs> probably talk to in real life. Um, so you never know what to expect going out there. And, you know, I talked with Byron and Haley a bit, and they said they were fans of the podcast, and we had back and forth. Nothing, you know, crazy, but you just never know what it's going to be like. Oh, they get there and we just talk and it was like we had known each other for years and so it was it was such a fun night and um you know what a great experience it was it was great to see nico and everything was great until i you know my truck keys went missing out of my room the next morning uh from hotel staff so that that was a little bit of a that put a little damper on the trip but overall everything was great and it was a fun time no that's
1: yeah that's awesome yeah, and it, it and it's really cool well, and I'm, and I mean, you and I have talked about this before, and I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, but yeah it it's amazing, and you forget when you're in it and you're doing it um it's always amazing to me uh when you stop and think about it the the reach the shows have, right, the podcast yeah. has, and it's like well, even last you know when last time we did the episode, and I have Secen on, well, yeah, I mean here I'm talking to a guy from the u k that listens to the show and. You know, got to know him and whatever. I mean, I got to know him through the tape trading and stuff. But, I mean, that's how the internet made the world so small. But, like, even when I was at Ice Wars in Edmonton and you run into people and they're like, oh, yeah, you're the fourth line voice guy. Yeah, I listened to your show. And it's like, Really? Why? You know, <laughs> why? <it> kinda, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. you are like okay. Then, but,
0: they said the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, people with the scope love your show. I'm like, well, people. I was like, why? <laughs> you yeah, know? it's like the first thing that comes out of my mouth is really yeah. why. There's why so many better shows to listen to. Like, yeah, yeah there's like, there must be a glutton for punishment. Holy cow! Yeah, and it's and it's, but it's always
1: just really. um Well, we're obviously going to talk about him, but uh, Darian Skiho. I mean, he was at Ice Force, and he came up. He came and found me because I was wearing my fourth line voice shirt, right? And he came up. And we started talking to him. Hey, Derry, if you're listening to this, return my text messages, man. We got to get you on the show here this summer. You know, um, he gave me. His, well, gave, it's the
0: off season now. Savannah, Savannah season's over, so exactly. you should be good to go now.
1: I know. But I sent him a text, and I don't think he replied to me. Fuck. I'm like, all right. He gave me the phone. Gave me his number at Ice Force. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got to get a hold of him, but. um... <laughs> But it was like to have him come up and then have a couple other guys, you know, when we're talking and it was just like, it's just really cool to, to, uh, you know, you meet people that, that listen to your show. and, And like I said, and you have the interactions on social media with people and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, for as much as, uh, I, I fucking rant and rave and bitch on here about podcasting and guests and all that shit. Um, that is the fun part of podcasting is, uh, is those interactions.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, and it's like, and even when I ended the show, uh, the, the second time for my my lovely Brett Favre comeback, the amount of messages I got because I think the podcast had grown at that point because the first time I had you know went on the hiatus because I was just really busy with work and I was just you know shutting it down for a couple months until I was done. You know, you get people, oh yeah, I can't wait for the show to come back, and you know, I hope all the best. And then this time when I would thought for sure I was ending it until you know Hit Club came along. Um I, the amount of messages i got because i mean of course i i when i did the um post or whatever pretty much just said i was done uh you never like you said you never realize the reach and the amount of messages i got from different hockey fans uh, ranging from different parts of the world is actually kind of crazy to think about so yeah. you never know until you actually kind of throw your throw yourself out there yeah, <laughs> no. Into the water.
1: yeah no it's true and it uh yeah and it's pretty amazing how uh well, yeah, the internet's connected the world, right? It made the world small, and it's like, uh, um, yeah, no. So it's it's been really cool in that sense. So that was cool that you could go to Norfolk and uh, meet some folks, and uh, you know, catch an Admirals game, especially in that in that arena. And
0: uh, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of shit's gone down in that rink. I can tell you. I got to see where John Brophy's old stomping grounds. Yeah. You can only really imagine the shit that went down there. <laughs>
1: Oh, could you? Yeah, man. Can you imagine watching shit there in the eighties and stuff? And no, oh, man.
0: Yeah, if those Well, that's the, why I like. That's why I love about the minor. Like, and it's it's. I won't say it's sad because obviously it's needed. But like, Kalamazoo, I think, is getting a new rink next year or the year after. But I know that barn that they play in is just so legendary. So it sucks to see these old barns start to go. And I think the scope will always be there. I think the scope's just going to end up being renovated over time. Um, but, like, I got to go to the Scope, and that's something I never thought I'd do. Or At the very beginning of this, when the hockey season as a whole started, I went down to Fayetteville, and I forget the name of the arena, but where the Marksmen play in the SPHL. But that barn has been there for years, too, um, from when it was, like, you know, the Fayetteville Fire Ants and, you know, the other Fayetteville teams that came along even before yeah, them. the Fayetteville so Force of the Central League. That's what it was, yeah, the Force. That's what it was, yep. Um, and so you get to see all these legendary barns, and it's just so cool. And it's... Uh, like I, it only just adds to the soft spot I have for minor pro hockey. Not only just because of the physical play and the rough stuff, but it's just such a more like down to earth, I guess, intimate experience. So just it, getting back into at least going every once in a while to minor pro games, it's, you, you can't beat it. You just can't.
1: Yeah, that's like uh, yeah, exactly. It, it's like the minor league thing. That like that's like well, of course, obviously in my sense it was junior hockey, right? Growing up with junior hockey, yeah. But, you know, it's like I always say I have the soft spot for Junior A and stuff. And, you know, with the SJHL, you know, with my brother playing and stuff. So it was like, you know, I always have the soft spot for the Junior A guys. And like, and then, of course, the Western League with the Blades and stuff. But, yeah, it's always that Junior Minor League. I've always, even, like, in my collecting in my fight DVDs, I have way more minor and junior stuff than I do in NHL, yeah. right? And it's like, um, you know, and it's like, well, to this day, I said even with this podcast, I'm just, as we're talking about it, I'm starting to laugh. Right above your head is a TV, um, with the with the NHL Tampa Bay and the Leaf game on. <clears throat> Go Lightning! Um, so the NHL yeah. the NHL playoffs are on, and I'm doing an East Coast League roundup show. There, yeah, folks. exactly. That yeah, and, that and before that was minor league mayhem tournament. So that tells you the extent of how much might give a shit meter about the NHL
0: is you know and why do really how how much we were watching really was kind of i mean i i was watching to see and i don't think i saw the boards you know shake one time but i honestly i'm just really rooting against the against the leafs as long as the leafs are out first round i don't care um <laughs> i know that's going to piss some people off but at the end of the day i would so much like i'd rather Instead of if I had the opportunity to go to a playoff game in Raleigh with the Lightning and the Hurricanes right now, or go to a an, just a regular season ECHL game in Norfolk, I'm driving the two and a half hours every fucking time. Not happening. Going to a fucking regular season NHL game, and I was even I was even gonna you know swallow my pride and take the wife because the wife is I had told you before she's a huge Braden Point fan and so she's a big Tampa fan. I I fed the gremlin after midnight. I got her into hockey and now she likes the NHL. It's you know it's like ah he, you you. You were listening, but you weren't really hearing me when I was talking about hockey, I guess. Um, but, you know, I was looking into going to a Hurricanes and Lightning game um, just because it was like a, a nothing game at the end of the season. I was like, ah, fuck it. Maybe I'll take the wife. Well, I think it was like 80 bucks a pop for the top-level seats. And, like, the nosebleed I was like, yeah, no, th- 160 bucks I was like, that's a trip to Norfolk and then some. I said, no, thank you. Yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not – I'm not spending 160 bucks to watch pond hockey. Not mm-hmm. happening. So, no, thank you. Oh, like I said, my <laughs> buddy talked like my friend that lives in Edmonton. He took he, every year. He takes his kid.
1: They go to a couple games or whatever, and it's like he gets and he, you know he he'll get decent seats. Between that and parking and everything else, I I'm not a word of a lie. I think he told me it was about 700 fucking dollars.
0: It's insane. Yeah, I I'm like, are you? And then, and then
1: you go and watch, and it's a fucking two-one love fest.
0: Yeah, like... that's why I, I tell people too, like with because you know, how do I get into the ECHL if there's a team around you? Just seriously, ask about season tickets. That was the first thing I did when I got to the uh, when we went down to Fort Myers and we saw the Everblades were there. I looked into it. Fuck, and we didn't we didn't do a full season because that was December and that was the time when we were gonna have our. I think we went to Iowa that that winter because it was that rotation for Christmas, but I, it was also when we had our wedding. Um, our actual like venue wedding that we had to put on hold because of COVID and everything, so we weren't going to be there. So we got a 24-game pack or whatever is what it was. It was basically like three-quarter season tickets. And the total for it were 10, I think we were, no, we were 11 rows up from the ice. Center ice for two tickets for 24 games was like 1200 bucks for the year. And it's like Twelve hundred bucks would get you like three NHL games today. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, and then you know, all we had to do was pay the parking pass, and then Wednesday was you know, three dollar beer day or you know dollar yeah. hot dog night, and it's like, you know, why, why wouldn't you do that? Like, just go go do it. At least I, I encourage everybody to at least go check out if there's a hockey team, whether it's the East Coast or SPHL, go to a minor pro hockey league game and open broaden your horizons because there's so much better. I won't say better because it all depends on what your views are and what good hockey is, but there's so much more hockey out there than just the NHL. So I, yeah. I always encourage people to get out of the NHL bubble.
1: Yeah, that exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. It's like, yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like my buddy was saying, because he's old, school. he you know grew up the same. always well, the same age as I am. We went to school together. Well, we lived together for a while, but yeah, he's uh, we we went to school together and whatever. So, I mean, he's a fight guy, whatever, and, you know, is his favorite guy, whatever. So, But his kid, of course, you know, his kid doesn't know any different, he's whatever, so he's, right. you know, the kid likes to go, so okay, I'll go. But it's like, oh, through gritted teeth, he sits there, and he's like, and he knows this is like costing me $600 to watch. And he goes, hey, and it's really cool to watch Conor McDavid, unbelievable, and Dry Sidle, and all those guys, and he's like, he's never knocking those guys, obviously. And I'm not sitting here knocking those guys either, but right. it's like... Yeah, well, we've said it a thousand times in, term, in terms of aggression and passion, and like I, well, I, I, I put it out on social media the other day. I said if the NHL had a quarter of a passion of that uh, New York Fire Department Police game <laughs> yeah. charity game, goddamn, I'd be, I'd have a center ice package. I said, you know, but I said that. Oh, it's, like, I was sitting in that, when I was sitting in the hotel room in Edmonton, I was in our, the jacuzzi tub there with the beer, and I'm sitting there, and I am I got the stupid Winnipeg Jet game on, or whoever the hell I was, it was the most boring shit. I'm like, who watches this? Like I said, I've always said, new age fans, they don't know any different, whatever, that's the hockey they grew up on, they don't know. But any fan that's, like, my age, that could sit there and still, I've said it on the air a bunch of times, and could sit there and would still watch this stuff. And think it's good is I have no idea what you're watching or what I
0: I have no clue. My one of my favorite things was having people that I went to high school with and. I, so, you know, growing up in Florida, hockey is not what you'd call the most popular sport. So I was always, the, you know, the dude who – I was – you know, I collect jerseys now. But I I just, you know, weren't game-worn back then. But I always wore a jersey to school, I used to have – actually, funny enough, talking about the Leafs, I used to have like a Jazz Jaguar Leafs jersey. That was a very obscure one. That was when I wore fucking – senior year of high school that was when I wore first day of school. My mom was pissed. Um, But, like, it's funny. You see people then – you know, hockey wasn't as big. So – um they I would be like they would ask me minor questions about it or whatever, and then later on in the line you see all these people that are all of a sudden into hockey and that I went to high school with, because the Lightning, of course, you know, have grown over the years. And actually I will say this the owner of the Lightning has done a very good job. It was Jeff Vinnick, um, did a very good job about growing the game. Like Tampa's the Lightning are probably like the most represented sport beside from the Bucks um in Tampa. But you get these people, and this is the hockey that they know. And then they see, like, the stuff I post, and I look like a fucking Neanderthal, and they're like, you know, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Like, at least people are the ones who think Tom Wilson's a goon, or Ryan Reeves yeah. is a goon, and it's like, you guys haven't seen fucking anything. I said, like, fuck, I tried to tell you about all this shit, like, years ago, and it's just, it's just the, you get to see the product of the different generational gap of, like, I guess when people start watching to think what good hockey is, and, you know, because then, these are also the same people that they look back at like clips in the '80s and they are like, oh, this this hockey sucks, and it's like, no, it didn't. It, it didn't. Um, but it's it's the, they're just a product of their environment, so it's just what people watch, I guess, now. But like you said, if if you've been a hockey fan, even in the past like ten to fifteen years, I don't know how you can watch it. I don't no. know how you can. No, it's brutal. I, it's just I, brutal. I, yeah. Well,
1: and it all started yesterday, of course. The playoffs start, and oh, everybody's oh, here we go. Well, so Dumba hits. uh Kozlowski there, or Pavelski, and oh, it's the end of the world, and this is why we need to get rid of... Oh, now the NHL needs to redo the rules, and on and on and on, and I don't know. I'm watching that hit like, uh, okay, I, I don't know. It looks fine to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whatever, and then yeah, I don't know, and it's just uh, on and on, and like, the whining has already started. Well, it's already started, I don't think it ever ended, but but even like, and we'll get into the the we'll, we'll get into the East Coast thing right away. But yeah, like I know with putting up your clips or whatever, or you see the different, uh, you know, the different chat groups and everything else, and oh, oh, Nico's a goon or Collins is a goon or Glotz doesn't need to be in the league anymore, and it's like, oh, you people have no idea what a goon is. Oh, you have no idea. If you if you think that's what a goon is, it's like, oh, I I swear, like. 1990s east coast league would have given you oh nightmare. Man. i could yeah. imagine if them watching Kopek and off and,
0: and augusta and stuff oh my god it would give them there'd be nightmare fuel you know yeah, like fucking tasker you got Sen, you got vandermeer oh. just oh yeah all oh, the whole the whole shebang out there yeah oh, <laughs> like fucking uh, brophy Satan brophy, brophy yeah. yelling and screaming you got Binar, and morissette and yeah. I got to find it. I got to, because I remember the fucking lineup was loaded. Um, let me see. I'll open up a separate tab here. It was when Segroy was on wheeling. And I remember Brophy just had that team. It, cause I, it was when I, I had interviewed him, and it was just something ridiculous of the fucking guys that they had. Like, they had like Morensi. Um, oh, maybe it was a different year. That was the wrong year. Fuck, I'm, here we go. Never mind, folks. I can't even – I'm not going to go through it because I love Mike Segroy, but it's HockeyDB, uh You can kind of scroll that for three days oh, if you really you want. Oh, <laughs> you get carpal tunnel <laughs> you know, scrolling that thing. Yeah. It might have – now that i about it, it actually might have been when Tasker was there. But either way, like this – It was, this, it, it was it, when Tasker think, was there, I think. Yeah, because it, it was like it? Yeah. Steve
1: Parsons was there and like, oh, yeah, like they were just stacked, Baduke and all those guys and Tremblay and – Oh yeah, like Wheeling just had killed. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah, here it is. This is this, this is the Wheeling lineup. This is Circa this is the Wheeling Nailers of 01 02. You got Mark Major, Brendan Walsh, Bruce Watson, <laughs> Ken Tasker, David Kochi. Like imagine, like that that's yeah. just one team. Yeah. That is one team. <laughs> yeah, that's one team.
1: Exactly. And it's just like yeah so i mean you kind of do the like you said we got to go through the league and the fight totals and everything else and it was just like well like i said last episode i was talking about it and ranting and raving about these fight totals and it was like yeah what are we doing here
0: yeah well i mean it's, it's the thing with the and i will say that i love i do love the echl still um it's my favorite to watch still by far but i still think the 10 fight rule is a complete garbage rule and i think all the players will tell you that too because i think i've only really met like two players that have ever enjoyed the rule um or you know at least agree with it because i've taken that poll multiple times on the instagram and i don't say names but let's just say uh about 99.9 percent of the players do not like the 10 fight rule we'll put it that way um so unfortunately that and i that's why I kind of laugh that when you see some fight, oh, I can't say, I won't say fight fans, maybe not Uh prime more or so just ECHL fans, but you know, Oh, this guy kind of picks his spots. Well, yeah. When you have a fucking fight limit, you have to pick yeah. your spots. Cause if like, let's say, you know, you want to have a good fight and throw down. Well, it's a hockey fight. Anything can happen. You could throw one punch. You both slip and fall to the ice. Well, guess what? You got charged with one fight. Now then you got nine and then that could happen two or three times. And, you'd, was you just wasted kind of three fights and it sucks, but that's why you kind of have to fucking pick your spots. But in, in a way it makes the game a little bit more dangerous, but that's a whole other can of worms. I don't think we'll get into. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still some great guys you throw down and I will still preach this that I, I do think the ECHL, if you're still looking for a rough and tumble style of hockey, now it's not every game. There's still some snoozers out there, but I mean, you look at all the clips that happened this year. Um, I think out of all the viral hockey videos, I think the ECHL had the most this year in terms of which ones got the biggest. And I'm gonna tell you right now it wasn't for goals and no. Michigan passes and whatever. Um it was for brawls, TKOs, goalie fights. It's just uh, you know how it goes. The the Brandon Yemens, Andrew Ballant fucking TKO at the beginning of the year, the double knockout. I'd have to go on and see how much it has at this point point, how much it has throughout all the different outlets that have reposted it after I had, after it had kind of blown up or whatever. I remember at one point, I think the last time I checked it was like 7 million views. Um, t- Tell me what other East coast league videos getting 7 million views. I don't think it's going to be a goal.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing that always with the fight limits thing, you know, junior hockey, okay, whatever, you know, that's, that's their own separate entity. But I mean, the East coast league, is affiliated with the NHL. Yeah, well, the NHL doesn't have a fight limit rule. So I said, "Why all of a sudden I don't understand why the American League and the East Coast League felt the need to put in fight limits." I mean, I'd love to ask who the president or the league or whatever, like I, like obviously it had to get voted on, what what I've I've never heard their reasoning for why. And it's like none of the players like it. You know, I mean, maybe some of them do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, even, okay, say there's no fight limit. There's no fight limit at all. Is In this day and age, in 2023, is Nico Blatchman seriously going to fight
0: 38 times? No. I will say, if there well, if there was one player to do it, it'd probably be Nico. Maybe. But the end of the day, He'd have more than your, what no, he had. but I yeah, mean, I know exactly what you're Yeah, it's
1: not going to go to 1995 levels where every team at no, 100, that's what I, that's 200 what fights. About with
0: people. It's like... And well and there, and there's the best part is there's still people calling this a fucking goon league. I'm like yes. how can a league with a fight limit be a goon league? What are you yeah. talking about?
1: Well, what well, well, are, you know, well, what what's the thing here? Collins. What is it? It's uh who is it? Orlando it's Orlando, right? Did yeah, or, Orlando led the led the thing in <laughs> 41.
0: Yeah. And then meanwhile you go back to like Paul Laws who had 33 fights in a season with yeah. the fucking Florida Panthers back in the day. Yeah. Well, so that's what I mean. Like so I'm like yeah, who who's this fight
1: total thing for? Right. and I Especially don't, don't if you go into the East Coast League. I mean, are fans happy about this? Like, were fans chanting for this? Like, I don't... The players certainly weren't champion, championing it. So what, what, what is the reason for the... Have you ever heard what the reason for the fight total being put in
0: was? I don't... I've never heard a reasoning. I think it was circa 2017 when it came in. Yeah. Um... I can. I'd have to go back and look, but at the time they they did a thing where it sh- and it showed how many players had over ten fights, and I I want to say the total wasn't that high. It might have been like eleven to four, anywhere between like ten to fifteen, I think. So I don't think it was really like an epidemic or whatever. And it was nope. fighting's already kind of down anyway. I mean, how many kids, aside from the one-off, like, Nico Blatchman, you know, are you really getting kids coming out of junior willing to throw down with Anthony Collins and Josh Thrower? No. So, no. Well, at the end of the day, what's the rule for it? And then, like you said, with the same thing, I get that the ECHL is the development league. Same with the AHL. They want to market themselves that way. I get it, but I'm sorry. Nobody is going to an ECHL game saying, "I really hope I can see the next Alex Ovechkin develop and you know work his way up." Nobody's going to an ECHL game saying that. No, and uh, yeah, I get it. You want to develop players. You're part of farm teams because now you're part of uh, you know the AHL parent club, and then you got the NHL parent club. So I get it. You're developing players, but at the end of the day. You're a double A hockey league. I don't think people are going to care if the next Wayne Gretzky's coming up because uh, chances are he's not going to be in the ECHL that long anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the, always their excuse, like with the American League. Oh, it's a development league. Well, motherfucker, it's always been a development league. It was in the '80s too yeah. and the '90s. Where did all these guys come from? So, that, why are you talking like this is new shit? It's a development league. Well, what was it before? Yeah, but like it was still an American. It was, like, it was still an NHL affiliated. Like in 1999, the Wheeling Nailers were affiliated with some NHL team. Like, why are we acting like this is new shit? So it's like, yeah,
0: or even like the newer shit. Like, you know, I say newer, but like you know, circa I don't know 07. He had Morasty, Oblonsky, yeah. running around with Syracuse, and it's, it's a development league. But I mean, they were still doing it. So well, Morastey's in at Baker's the Field the for the
1: year and whatever, yep. and it's, so it's like. I, was anybody in Bakersfield upset that he was there fighting <laughs> 30 times? I don't recall. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always been anti-fight people. Like, I mean, even in the, yeah. they cried in the 80s about it. I mean, in the 90s, about. there's always been anti-fight people. At the end of the day, they're the minority. People can say whatever they want. Those people are in the minority. So, of course, that's probably the most vocal, but I mean, which is the other problem. But I, I don't I, I just as I'm just thinking if I owned an East Coast League team, how do I sit at that league meeting and, and in all seriousness oh I agree with that let's limit fighting. What fucking idiot yeah. says this
0: like I don't I don't get it at the at the end of the day, it just endangers players more and I know people want to say it's safer. But the problem is you get a guy who's who's there for, you know, you get a guy and everybody can say to goon or whatever. You get a guy who's there to be an intimidating force and keep everybody in check. But you can't you can't start keeping a guy in check if you have to worry about getting suspended for fighting them. So you get a guy who runs a guy face first into the boards, you know, hits him right in the numbers. And then let's say, I don't know, Anthony Collins goes over to fight him. But Collins is at nine fights. Well, now he's at 10 fights. And he's getting suspended, but the other guy just gets, you know, a you know, a two minute major or two minute major, two minute minor, a five minute major for boarding or whatever, and the guy's out for X amount of games. But Collins is suspended because he defended his teammate. Like that's an issue. Why is why is a guy who's there to protect his teammates getting punished for trying to do so? Because at the end of the day, it's the East Coast League. Shit's going to happen because everybody's trying to prove themselves. We've seen it time and time again. And even with um, even with today's standards of hockey in 2023, shit will still hit the fan as we've seen with goalie fights. And actually, and that's what I'm saying too. Nobody got suspended in the goalie fight. And people can say what they want about optics in the, the league of, oh, we don't want to be a fight league. I didn't see anybody taking down all the goalie fight videos that were going around or the TKO video that was going around. Um... Or the double TKO, whatever you want to call it. So it's not like the league and teams will post their fights too. It's not like they don't like fighting. They know fighting attracts people because the teams will post it. Fuck the indie fuel CC my podcast and fight videos now. Like they'll like literally in their tweet. will it said courtesy copy to fight for fi- like five fight for fighting pot or whatever. Yeah, because they know it's good for the league to retweet that shit, and they want me to put that out. And you know, it's and I don't I don't have an agreement. I don't have a contract with the Indy Fuel saying I'm like their exclusive like fight fucking guy or whatever, but they do it because they know it's good for the team and it gets people talking. Like at the very beginning of the year when the the double TKO happened between Yemens and uh Balance, you remember there was the Cincinnati news or since somebody was Cincinnati was posting how much more traction or like it was, it was big easy. How much like, you know, we have all of a sudden all these interactions with the thing. And of course, and, I didn't say anything. this is when I was still very big with the ECHL. And so I wanted to really, you know, motherfuck him. I never, never ended up doing it, but that was, of course, you know, it was like, well, gee, I wonder why there's so many interactions. It couldn't possibly have been the double knockout video that just got 7 million views and covered on sports center. No, I think I was at an, somebody just happened to score a nice wrister from the blue line. And all of a sudden, everybody just got into Cincinnati cyclone hockey. They yeah. The, the, the cyclone fever after that. It's like, come on now. So the league knows it's, it, it's still a good part. And a a way to grow the game or, you know, get eyes on the league. So what the issue is of the 10 fight rule or fight videos, I don't I don't know. I have no clue. Well, yeah, it's and, still... it,
1: and it's always this like, well, but they still fight. It's not like we, would they still let them fight. Yeah, that's not It's not the point. Uh, you know,
0: I'll, I'll fucking hang my hat on this every time, and I know you've said it too. They said the same thing with the Quebec League, and look where the Quebec League is next year. It was yep. always, oh, they still, they'll still let them fight. They'll still let them fight. Oh, well, yeah, the rules in, well, it's only five. They can still fight at least yeah? Look where we're at now. Look at the, and that's just, that's just the start. That's the tip of the iceberg. It's going to yeah. roll right downhill to everything else. Well, and
1: I'm like, you um just, you're killing your own product. And you don't yeah. even, you don't even know it. Like, you or you, I, I don't know what you're doing. And I said this, I said, I, you know. I've talked to people and stuff, the attendance at these, these like they're like, oh, the atmosphere, of the attendance is nothing like it used to be. Well, I wonder why. It, I mean, a lot of that has to do with today's, techno, today's world. I mean, the entertainment dollars being stretched. People can only afford so much. I mean, so, you know, the cheap fucking hockey game and stuff gets put on the back burner, whatever it was. Not cheap anymore. You know, and so, but what you're going to do is, like I said, the majority of those people, Want fighting They like fighting They want to see it And what do you do And you take it away from them Yeah And and it's Uh, And it's just like So why am I going to go Like that's the thing I mean I I sit there And say it on the Yeah well I mean And I sit here And say it on the pod And then it's all Yeah but you're just The old dummy That you know That's all you care about And go watch UFC It's not me saying it It's not just me saying it I said every time There's a fight happening (laughs) Do you look at the crowd (laughs) Does anyone look upset by this? No, like you said, a goalie fight gets seven million views on social media. Why is that? Because people like it. You can go on and on about whatever. I've I've said it a thousand times, beat it to death. Red Ice sells. You might not like want to admit it, but it does. What's the most anticipated game in the NHL? Oh, it's always a return match, the Battle of Alberta, or the time Wilson went back to New York and we got Reeves now. Oh, that guarantee that was the most watched game. And it wasn't because, oh, I sure hope Panarin scores. No one (laughs) gave a shit. They wanted to see Reeves beat Wilson's ass. Yeah,
0: and, and it was when I did the episode of Does Fighting Grow the Game of Hockey? And, of course, is there a direct correlation? Can you ever say that? I don't think you can. But... And going through it, you look at the most viewed videos on YouTube of all the major outlets, and that was the, it was I, I did Sportsnet, um, and what was the other one? It was that is that, Jen's ninety five. That's the name of the channel. It's like it's not a league yeah. channel, but it's I think it's a fan channel. But they post everything, yeah, uh, from yes, the yes. NHL. Yeah, great job actually from that yep. channel. Um, and you look at their most viewed videos. You look at their top ten, and always in there there is at least. Four or five fight videos, always. Yeah, yep. And it's always, or like, you know, top, t- like one of the, what the fuck, the East Coast League video that Jens 95 has, at one point, it's probably almost at 2 million now, but I think it was at like 1.8 million, and it was like ECHL madness or whatever. 1.8 million views on YouTube. And again, people are watching that video to see, you know, the next Ovechkin come up from the ECHL. You know, it, draw- there's, it draws people in every time. It always does, and it yeah. always will. Even just going to tough guy, you know, getting more obscure with it, but tough guy jerseys. Um, So Savannah was there. This is their first year ever having a pro hockey team in Savannah with the Ghost Pirates. Um, And they just had their jersey auctions. Darian Skio's jersey. This is a fucking ECHL team. We are talking here. Darian Skio's jersey. I think it was the black one that just went. There's, they did two separate ones. Forty eight hundred dollars for a Darian Skio game worn jersey. you tell yep. me fans don't like their tough guys. I want to say he was only second. He was second on the team. I think they're maybe their leading goal scorer. I think it was a guy that was up and down with the AHL. I think his, his happened to go for more. And it was the same thing in, in Kalamazoo. It's the same thing with the Florida – or Florida, I was going to say Florida Wheeling. Um, the Florida Everblades, I've seen it time and time. I know because I bought a Newber jersey. The military one that's right behind me was the only one I would ever like went balls out for it because I really like the military one. That was like 1200 bucks just the jersey sitting back there. I had to sell like three or four jerseys so I could make sure I had the fudge for it because I didn't – I wasn't going to just tell the wife, oh, yeah, by the way, I charged you know 1200 bucks to the credit card for a Newber jersey. But that's just what it goes into, and it's like it's the same thing. And Newber's jersey is always the first to go. It's only because in, in the auction thing, you always have the option to fucking bid on the jersey or just buy it now for, for like twelve hundred bucks. Every time it's going for twelve hundred bucks, and that's just you know a couple examples. It's the same thing with Klotz up there. Josh Thrower's jersey always goes for a lot of money, and so people just always love their tough hockey. Even with Savannah being their first year pro, that Skio jersey still went for four thousand eight hundred dollars, which is nuts.
1: Oh, it's yeah. Those are tremendous jerseys. That's a tremendous name too. Savannah goes. Oh awesome. God, it is. You know, it but, really is. Yeah, but it's the same thing, and it's and it's as old as time, uh, going way back. The it's in any hockey team. Like I always said it's the the three most popular players are the three G's: the goal scorer, the goalie, and the goon. It's yep. the way it's always is. It's the way it's always gonna be. You know how many how many wild jerseys? I, I guarantee Ryan Reeves has probably outsold the major. is probably up there in jersey sales with the Wild. Well, you I know. remember
0: back then, was it Bugard was the best-selling jersey for Minnesota? The, the, he was yeah,
1: exactly. And it was like, you know, and it's just, it, and I don't, I I just don't get why, I mean, whatever, we could go on and on about all day and speculate <laughs> why, but I'm just like, yeah, you have something that people, the majority and not just 51%. Like, I would say the majority, I'd say at least 80% like fighting. 85% at your games. And you want to take it away. I don't get it. I don't understand. I've ne- I've always said with hockey in general, I've never seen a sport that gets in its own way more than hockey does. Like, just does not listen to the fans. Well, the fans, they listen, they listen to the vocal minority on social media. That's who they're listening yep. to. And it's just mind-boggling to me. And it's like, why wouldn't you listen to the play? Like, well, what's the most popular fucking hockey podcast in the world? Spit and Chicklets. Why? <laughs> yeah. Paul Bissonette, the former goon, is on the show. I mean, no offense to Whitney and Rear Admiral and those guys. They were doing that show before Biz was there, and it wasn't the most popular podcast in the world. It became that way when Bissonette showed up. You can say what you want about them, but that's what it is. And it was like, but they've always been pro fight they'll promote fighting barstool sports promotes fighting and it's the most popular podcast in the world
0: well yeah well even even the other one too uh what is it it was shane o'brien who wasn't necessarily an enforcer but definitely a willing guy because i remember him with tampa a missing curfew and they're huge too on pro fighting and everything and people love it because it's a former player former guy who used to throw down he was kind of reminded me of a guy like he wasn't he wouldn't fight all the time but when he threw down he was actually pretty damn good at fighting um and it's the same exact thing there, too.
1: Yeah. Well, you listen to Nylon and you listen to Kote and, and like all these, yeah, John Scott. And you listen to these guys that have shows, and it's like, uh, th- those are the guys that you should be talking to. You should be just, or just like we always say, what do the players want? That's what you make. That's how you grow your league is by what the players want. Yeah. And you educate your fans. Like, you just, like, if this is the product that you present. The fans that you that come to your, you just, you, they're like sheep, right? And they're going to give, they're going to like what you give them. And you have to, and you just, I don't know, you, uh, that's just, that's the product that you present them and you make them familiar with it. And it's like, if they want rough, tough hockey. That's what you give them. And it's like, don't worry about all oh, the optics and what so-and-so, oh, the hockey news wrote an article about us and Ken Campbell didn't like the fights. Oh, well, good for fucking
0: Ken Campbell. Who I cares? think you should be fucking happy because people are going to love it after that. They're like, oh, Ken Campbell hates it. I'm fucking going to watch that league. Yeah, would be the um, first
1: thing I would do. Yeah, well, or some talking head didn't like it. Well, when was that person ever relevant and who gives a shit anyway? Like, I'm like, you listen to all the people that don't come to your games.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, oh, it, exactly. It, that's like me bitching about the East Coast League. Well, Fatty's on his couch here in Saskatchewan. He ain't coming to any game. Who cares what he thinks? No one's coming right. to your game, so who cares what those people think? But that's who they put stock in, and it's just like, who cares? Like, just like I said, if I'm an East Coast Hockey League owner, I don't know who sits at that league meeting and says, "Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's let's do that." Right.
0: That would be. I would actually. I would love to sit down and like like have a genuine interview with like either the commissioner or yeah. whoever whoever's in charge of that, and just be like, I, I, like I want. I am curious. I want to hear the thought process on this." Yeah. No, I know know they would never give me an interview. (laughs) No, exactly. Well, I'd have a better chance with them than you would. They hate
1: you. (laughs) Yeah, I might be able to get them up. But look, yeah, I'd love to sit down and just ask them. And I mean, maybe it's an insurance thing. That might be it. You know and I mean? Hell, everything comes down to money nowadays. So yeah, maybe it is an insurance thing. You know, and then it's like, because I think that was the issue in junior, but it's just like, okay. But if it's just this, oh, head trauma, and it's the right thing to do. Oh, shut up. Like just Yeah,
0: take out take out hitting then. Take it well, out. Yeah, exactly. Like as I saw the same thing with every anybody who comments on a video that says, Oh well, CTE when it's a fight video, I said, Let fucking take out hitting. If you're so concerned about fucking head trauma, take out hitting because that's where all your concussions come from.
1: Yeah. Oh and then the, yeah, exactly. And then the response is oh yeah, calm down, bro. You know, like that's getting a little yeah. extreme. Okay oh, is it? Like you're the one crying about CTE. Like Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, what's the leading cause of it then? If we're going to be all serious about head trauma and CTE, then get rid of contact. Well, now you're just talking stupid. Oh, <laughs> well, no. am I? Like, I? like, I I think I'm the only one talking sane here in this conversation. Like, right, like you it, want
0: CTE eliminated so bad, and we, here's here's the number one cause of concussion yeah. and head trauma. Why not take it out if you're so concerned? And yeah. of course, you know, Oh, you're, you're getting extreme. Yeah, fuck you.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, yeah, so I said, well, then, yeah, tell me how you can, how you get rid of CTE in a contact sport. When you figure that out there, Doc, you can let me know how that's going to work out. The only way it's going to work is if you eliminate contact. Well, you yep. can't do that. Well, then let's not have this discussion anymore. Cause, <laughs> yeah, then shut Well, because, and it's the same thing. While well, we talk about that, the Dumba hit and everything else from last night in the playoffs. As soon as someone gets hurt, all of a sudden it's dirty. Well, no, you can get hurt on a clean hit.
0: Yeah, clean hits probably cause more concussions than fights do. I'll tell you that much.
1: And you can get concussions from a clean hit. Like everybody, all these guys that love to yell about CT and head trauma, it's always because, oh, they they headhunt. He got hit in the head. Well, no, you don't have to get a concussion by getting hit in the head. It's the sudden stop. It's not the shot to the head. Like, you know, and I mean, and it's these same people. I said for years and years. You championed, oh, let's take out center ice, no more obstruction, no more holding anyone up, speed, 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 fast, fast, fast. And now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, look at all these guys getting concussions. Well, no shit. Let's make the equipment, like Kevlar, these guys could stop friggin' bullets with this equipment. Let's make the equipment really Kevlar-like, and we can't hold anybody up anymore, and we'll make it faster. And then you sit and wonder why there's concussions. Oh, it must be from all the fights. Oh, that's that's really what it is. Oh, yeah. I'll all, take the, my chances all the fighting a, that's at an all-time low. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. I'll take my chances in the fist fight, than coming up the blue line with my head down, you know, like or having a guy oh. take a full run at me because my defense partner can't hold him up anymore, and he's just gonna run me in the end wall because he's got to finish his checks. Which again, I don't blame the guy because that's what you gotta do. But at least before the guy could slow you down a little bit. Now I can't touch him because it's a penalty. And all you people that love to yell fast, 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 you're the same ones. This is the Shangri-La that you created. And then now you come at me about I'm Mr. Goon and
0: I like head injuries. Wow. Well, yeah. It's, it's always like these people just want to have like their moral high horse. Yeah. And it's like, why? It's like, oh, oh that's all you did. You, cre- you created this product. This is what you wanted. You yeah. got it. This is your bed. You fucking sleep in it. Exactly.
1: And it's all these media guys, it's the Ken Campbells and the Damian Cox and all these guys that sit and cry about it now. It's like, well, this is what you wanted for all these years. Oh yeah, we don't want people water skiing on the guy anymore. Like you, you don't even know what that means, so stop saying that phrase, you know. But uh, it's all obstruction this, obstruction that. It's like, well, yeah, that you know, there was also a purpose that slowed guys down. You know, you could run a pick on a guy so the guy didn't have a full length run at you. Well, they they just shouldn't do that. Oh, well, there you go. There's the solution. Just don't... Like, that That was the guy today with the Dumba hit. Well, it just wasn't necessary. Oh, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> but you're the same guy that, oh, God, it's playoffs. It's aggressive hockey. Here we go. Time to win the cup. But at the same time, don't get too mean, though. Like, let's not get too carried away. You know, it's like, oh. Like, just... It's like, literally, it, you want the cake and you want to eat it, too. It's just like, it doesn't... Yeah.
0: It reminds me of the, fu- the 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 fight fans, and I use air quotes here. I know folks can't see me on the camera, but it's like the same people who see a hockey fight and it's like somebody happens to get hurt or knocked out, and it's always, a, well, I like a good hockey fight, but not when that happens. Like, what? Yeah. What do you think the, the objective of the fight was? You're trying to-, to hurt your opponent, and it's like, well, I don't see the point of that hit. To separate the fucking guy from the puck and it's playoff hockey, you're sending a message. What do you think the hit was for? like is yeah. it it's not rocket appliances ricky <laughs> yeah well and i mean yeah they just attached this 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 grade five
1: ice carnival attitude like it's peewee hockey mentality in professional hockey well did he really need to yeah he did like at a, at a,
0: you're you're fighting to win the fight or you know what my favorite thing is too what what didn't he need to yeah maybe he didn't but who gives a fuck if it's when the, it was within the rules it was a clean hit who cares if he did if he needed or didn't need to do it? It was clean, so why the fuck does it matter? Well, it's like you said, everybody wants mean, intense hockey <laughs> until hockey gets mean and intense. You yeah, know? it's like the old say everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah, with the, yeah, and it's everybody like Everybody loves tough hockey until tough hockey comes around. Yeah, well,
1: until all of a sudden, the, yeah, someone gets knocked out in a fight and all of a sudden reality sets in that this could legitimately happen. And it's like, well, yeah, what do you think has been happening this whole time? Like, it's a fist fight. It's
0: going to happen. Yeah.
1: And it's all of a sudden reality hits in and it's, Oh, I don't really like this anymore. Oh, well, what did you think they were doing before? But I think, I think people just watch so much shit and I've been guilty of it too. I mean, not that I don't think fighting is real, but you know what I mean? You get desensitized to it because you watch so much shit. Then all of a sudden, when it's all of a sudden crack guy goes down, Oh, Holy. And he's doing the chicken. It's like, Holy shit. Okay. Well this, you know, yeah, that don't look good, but it's like, well, that's a, you know, that's what's been going on this whole time, and it's just, you know, and I don't, you know, but I guess some people, it just hits them, and it's like, yeah, I don't know if they, it's almost like they think it's a video game or something, and it's like, uh, you know, well, I think it's been a lot of times, like, you know, all those years of ah, Ch- oh, two good guys, no one getting hurt, I don't know, they were getting yeah. hurt, they were getting hurt, you know, and it was like, and it right. hurts either your hand or your feet. like, you're getting punched in the face, it's not good, you know, at any time, but, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's legit. It's real shit. And it's like, that's why I've always had like so much respect for these guys. And it's like, cause of the, they're doing, and like the guys we're going to talk about here, it's, well, at some point if I keep yapping, but at some point we're going to talk about these guys, but that's <laughs> like, we've always we'll said right. with, the, with the point of the show, right? Like it was the respect factor for these guys to put their health on the line and go fight. Because most people in any situation in life, it's a fight or flight response, and most people have a flight response. Not many people turn and face it, and it's like and these guys do it. And like I always said, the the biggest thing, and I, you know, is is the mental. Like maybe not so much, any but it's, it still happens now. But it's like
0: I was gonna say it's not probably not quite as prevalent, but no, like, yeah, but I it's mean, still-
1: yeah. Well, you've interviewed guys and stuff. Like I mean, they know Anthony Collins is coming to town. They know Travis Howe's coming or Newber yeah. or whatever. And it's like, that's got to be a sleepless night. And especially if something happened the game before or whatever. And it's like, you know, you got to fight him. Imagine that. So you're going to sit on a bus for 10 hours. going to think about it the whole way there. Now I got a little oh, pregame nap. Oh, yeah, right. That ain't happening. You know, you're now right. in warm ups, And of course, he's eyeballing you in ups, telling you, yep, we're going. What would that feel like? Like the mental anguish, the anxiety. You know, that's what I always related oh, yeah. to for people that haven't gone through it or whatever. Like, I mean, I've never gone through it or whatever, but it's like in a hockey sense, but that's like in school, you know, at, at first recess or at, at 9 a.m., you would somebody get into it a little bit and you have some words and then they're like, yeah, three o'clock behind the swings, motherfucker. So that whole day, you're, yeah. what's your whole day like? It's awful. You're just, and you're dreading what's going to happen, you know, and it's like these guys live that shit. For six months, seven, eight months a year for however long their career is. They live that. I couldn't imagine what the mental, the never mind the physical, what the mental anguish would be like.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's like when you, you talk to, or not talk to, but like you see um, uh, Ice Guardians or whatever. And you yeah. see like, like Scott Parker talked about it. And it's like, you know, you fight, even though you haven't gotten to the game yet. You're already thinking about another guy three days ahead of time, and you're fighting him in your head for like 400 fucking times, right? Yeah. And come to find out, you have all this anxiety and all this, you know, this 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 pent up fucking emotion because you're ready. Well, the guy like Scott Parker who loved to fight, he's fucking amped. He's ready to go. He's probably nervous as shit too because he's been fighting this. He's been been fighting George LaRock in his head because the Avalanche and Oilers are playing. So he's fought George LaRock in his head 400 different times leading up to game time. One of them is scratched too. So then it's like, well. Okay, that one's over, but then it's immediately it's just on to the next one, and it's yep. like okay, well now Scott now Scott Parker he's moved on to you know fighting you know fucking Tony Twist or whatever, and I the the biggest thing I can compare it to, and it's just from personal experience with the military. So – and I've talked about it before. Folks know I, I never saw combat. I never had to go to Iraq, Afghanistan or anything like that. The closest I ever came to was doing – it was a warning order we got. And for what the, for those that don't know, a warning order is basically saying, hey, uh, heads up. You're probably on standby for deployment and we were supposed to go to Syria at the time. We were going to go over there, shoot artillery in Syria. Um, and at the time, you know, you get the warning order. You're you're so fucking amped. You're excited this shit. You're like, oh, okay, like this is it. We're going. So what we've been training for. This is what we signed up for. We're hyped, and you're all excited about it. And it's like with some of these fighters. Some of these fighters, they get excited. Some of these guys love to fight. Like you get a guy like Brian McGratt and He loves to fight. But at the same time, in the back of your head, these guys still know they can get knocked out. So you know, we were all amped to go to Syria and we were all ready. But at the same time, you know, reality starts setting in, and then. You know, I, I'm there sitting there. It's a little bit different, obviously. But I was I, I had to write a will at the age of, like, fucking 21. <laughs> you know, no. and something I never thought I'd have to do. But then, the, like, reality starts setting in. like, oh, fuck, we can, you know, I, I just wrote a will. I, can, I might be able to get fucking hurt here. And in my head, even though we had about, a, I think it was a week, or no, it was probably about a month. A month of training, for sure. And then when it got really close, because it came down to the wire. we were We got pulled, like, two days before we were supposed to go leading up to that in my head I mean you know I had already pictured like so many different scenarios whether it's a firefight at the gun line a firefight during a convoy if I have to go into this fucking house and clear this room I, and I like you start losing sleep you start losing sleep over this um, and it starts it, it's fucking nerve-wracking to think about and you want to go in with the great mindset because you got your buddies with you you got your you know hockey you got your teammates with you you got your boys but you're in a role where you know it's you got to think about this shit. And so we had my buddies with me, but where all of us are like, you know, it's basically all of us are enforcers at that point. Um, and so that's just the mental aspect. That's what I can relate it to. And that was just one time it happened to us. We never ended up getting deployed. These guys that did it, this is, you know, they get done with one game. It's right onto the fucking next one. They're already thinking about the next fight. And so like, to go through that over and over again, I couldn't imagine it because I was stressed as shit for a, a month and a half, you know let alone doing this for an entire season over and over as a career. It's it, the mental aspect of this role of enforcing is so like crazy. And it's just it's a deep dive that people just don't understand. People just see the fights and think, Oh, big dummy drop gloves and throw his hands. It's, it, there's so much more that goes into it. And it's just, it's so, it's such an underappreciated role that I still, even to this day with all the information, all the knowledge we have out there on it, it's still just people just turn a blind eye to it and have no clue what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. So I'm sorry that was lengthy but that's kind of like what well, that's, no, that's just true. what I think of and that's what I wanted yeah. to. Yeah and I mean and to
1: relate it now I mean okay there's fight limits and maybe some of these teams don't have a guy and it's like okay maybe that's this is kind of a night off I won't have to you're still on your guard because you still got to play the role a little bit but now you yeah. can play more bully you know if you want you can start bullying teams a little bit if they don't have a guy or whatever but it's like Again, you go back to the, like, well, the nineties or whatever, when every team, like you read that wheeling, imagine going into wheeling with all those guys sitting there. Like you're not like, yeah, I'm not doing it tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. Cause yeah, you're not like, taking a night off. No, so it's like you decide who you want to fight cause you're, you're fighting. That's just the way it is. And then it's like, oh, the next night and wherever they got two guys. And it's like, it just doesn't, it wouldn't end back then. At least now maybe you got some kind of relief a little bit, but it's like even then it's like I'm not that I'm trying to downplay it's easier for guys now but it's well kind of is because i mean well not easier in the sense it's still mental it's still physical i guess just the sheer numbers makes it a little right a little more pal- palatable maybe but i mean it's still But
0: like you know like like opening night with jacksonville versus, uh, the, versus florida you're gonna tell me right now travis howe and kyle newber aren't thinking about each other the entire time you know they're playing that fight in their head 14 times before oh yeah they even the bust you know yeah, well, and then now with the technology, of course, and everything else, I mean, now
1: you can go on YouTube and now you now you can watch the guy. At least yeah. back in the 90s and stuff, there was no footage. So you didn't know, like, I mean, you weren't sitting there watching, well, maybe if you were a fight tape guy or you knew a guy that could get you some footage and maybe you played some fights, but overall, you were kind of going into it blind, like, oh, I heard he's tough. I, I heard he's tough and he's right-handed. That was basically the scouting report, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, now, I mean, you could watch... Well, I guess you can't really watch East Coast League footage, but any other, I guess you could watch them I and could watch <laughs> Newber OHL footage. I guess you know or some AHL stuff, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you right, can watch yeah. the footage of the guys, unless it's the East Coast League, then you can't. Then you're still going. The East Coast League still 1996. You're still going into it blind, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, so you now you've watched this this dude on YouTube, and especially if he's like killing guys. Then it's like, oh, wow, that's great. I get to fight him tomorrow night, or he's coming for me tomorrow night. It's just like, yeah, the mental and physical toll, it's, uh, it is is something that these guys take. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement every game with the touch of a button. New customers can bet $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to ten dollars. Guys, I this Sunday I'd look at the Lakers. I mean, you always got LeBron right, and uh, Lakers hottest team after the All-Star break. Kind of, they had to win to get in. They won their last game. They're out, they got the momentum going. I don't know. I would. Uh, I know they're about a three and a half point underdog right now to the Grizz, but uh, I think uh, I think that might be the the Lake Show might be something to look at there. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make five dollar pregame moneyline bet, score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: And now back to your regularly scheduled program.
1: Well, anyway, what, what I was gonna say, we're like uh, almost an hour in, and we haven't, yeah, we've yet to discuss <laughs> even, East Coast League. Um, yeah. Well, not that we're gonna go that in depth and break down every roster, or everything else, but just like, and I know uh, you have an episode coming up with our friend John that you're, you guys break down your Clash of the Coast tournament and the results and everything else. So I don't want to walk all over that because you're gonna, and I'm pretty sure, obviously. We have similar listenership, so I'm sure whoever is listening, you know, we're going to listen, so we don't have to chew our food twice. Right. I won't make you do your episode on here, but um, uh, in terms of the East Coast League, uh, who are kind of the? Um, well, I guess I'll get it right out of the way right here. If you had to do like a like a top five kind of thing, who would your uh, who? Well, okay, I'm, now I'm going to throw you on the spot. At this who is your top five now at the end of the year, seeing what you've seen? And who was your top five at this like was it did it change at all? Like your five going into the season and your five at the end of the season. Did it change? Give or take? I mean I'm not saying, oh, this guy's one and this guy's two. But just like the guys who were who were there, are they still there? And was there any surprises?
0: I would say I would say the kingpins of the league are still probably the kingpins of the league. I don't think it's changed and Maybe their placement. Like I wouldn't put Anthony Collins as high this year, and that's no knock to him or his fighting abilities, just because he didn't have the number of fights. Yeah. That's another thing that plays into this. Is that it's with with the ECHL, it's so division heavy because of course the budgets lower. They play a lot of the times. It's just bus rides or plane rides within the division, so they're not traveling. The travel expenses are pushed down. So if you don't have, you know, you got an Anthony Collins in Kalamazoo, you might not have another another guy of that caliber in that division. Um, to me, the South Division was. I was I was a little bit more excited for it, and the as the when the year was um, or excuse me before the season started because that was when Savannah was supposed to have Cade McNally, which that of course fell through, and yeah. uh, Nico was starting out in Florida, but then he ended up going to Savannah, which was still the South Division, so it was still good. But I would say probably like the top five in the league. Um, I would, oh, and that's another thing too was Travis House started the year in the coast, and then and, but went to the AHL for the majority of the season and then just, we just got word. I say we like, as if, you know, like, but a fucking news station, but just got word from the ECHL site tonight. Um, I think it was actually the Jacksonville site that he's back with them for playoffs. Cause he was up with the San Diego goals. I would say since he's back in the league, I will say top five would probably be how Collins, newer, Josh thrower and Darian skio. the, The one I'm probably missing, and I'm sure people out there are probably screaming the name, but it's Garrett Klotz. And the only reason I don't have him in is just because – well, I want – he's a legend. He's already – I don't think he has anything to prove. I don't think Garrett Klotz has to prove to anybody how tough he is. If you go through his fight card, it's unreal. Um and the problem with him though is just he's just been he's been riddled by the injury bug he's out in rapid city i just for me with the echl right now i just look at the guys who are more active and just klausus hasn't been as active because he's been injured and the He's wily vet at this point it's not like he's he doesn't have anything to prove but i will say when he does fight um he doesn't he doesn't lose so <laughs> he he does look good when he does fight i think he only had one or two this year just because of injury but i would say the top 5 were definitely how collins Newber thrower and skio probably in no particular order um because all those guys are going to change I, I guess maybe if i were to say the top dog would probably be travis howe pro- probably so i would say that's probably the top five um and travis howe looked really good in the age all this year too when he was up there i don't think he lost a fight either i was gonna say he did look really good in the
1: uh, yeah yeah and it was uh yeah i was gonna say like how much of an effect did it have not having him around in the east coast league <laughs>
0: So actually, what's funny is that is Jacksonville and Florida didn't play each other nearly as much this year. It seemed like it seemed like they played a lot more last year, and those were always like those games were always good because Jacksonville they lost a lot of their toughness. They brought in I think it was Sean Leonard, the Leonard boys. They're Steve and Sean. I can't remember which one was which. Uh, which team, because one of them went to Iowa, the other one went to Jacksonville. And those guys are definitely willing guys, but there's, it's not like the caliber of Travis Howe. And from what I can tell, I mean, the Jacksonville fan page, um, th- th- they were saying their team was getting bullied around, and so all of them are pumped to have Howe back in the playoffs. So I hope it works out for them. But in terms of, like, the Jacksonville Men this year, I think they got pushed around quite a bit because Travis Howe isn't there. Travis Howe, does he really, he, I don't even think you need to have him on the ice. Just like the old saying with uh, – was I think Brett Hall or whatever, or, Ch- or Kelly Chase said he could put a cardboard cutout of Tony Twist on the bench and the other team will be honest the entire time. I think it's the same way with How at this point because How, I mean, really the only one's giving him a run for a, mo- a run for his money are the t- or the other four I mentioned in the top five there. Um, but they they didn't have McKinnon this year either, who's another very I would say middle to heavyweight, um, very tough dude. Him and Howe fought in the AHL, but they actually. The first fight they had, Howe fell down immediately, and so it was kind of a wash. Which again, that sucks, because then, like we said, that guy's now char- got charged with the fight. So both of them got charged with the fight there. But uh, How ended up giving it to McKinnon, and normally How is not one to show restraint in a fight because he How is one of those guys I love it because he fights to win. He's he's not fighting to he's not fighting to not lose. He's fighting to win, and. He ended up showing restraint on McKinnon because they were teammates in Jacksonville or whatever. So um there was that. But I would say overall, uh, Jacksonville and mm, it's, it's funny, as weird as it sounds, because I know S- the South Carolina Stingrays were up there in fight totals for the year in the league. But I don't I think they get bullied around pretty good, too. Um but you can definitely tell the teams that didn't take shit, and that was like a, Atlanta and Savannah really didn't take shit at all this year. I noticed Florida because Florida was down to Kyle Newber pretty much, and uh, eh, I think Florida got bullied quite a bit this year, in my personal opinion, just from what I was watching. So I think it's still it, it's you can still tell it plays a factor into the game for sure. One guy I wanted
1: to, I wanted to throw around, I, I saw his name and it was uh um and you didn't mention him was uh, Maggio Daniel Maggio. Yes.
0: So Maggio, and for those who don't know, that is a guy who actually KO'd Brian McGrattan in the AHL. He was yeah. the one that I mean, and that just like wobbled. I mean, McGrattan was out cold, like just out on the ice. Um he didn't. The fights he had this year, he was pretty solid. I just don't think he had the volume, or he didn't fight like the the kind of competitor. And I won't say competitors, but like you know, the, the the higher caliber players. But that just goes to the division he's in, which actually that that division itself, because that's the central division. there's I'm thinking about it off the top of my head. They don't have necessarily the heavies rolling around there. They got a guy. They got Sean Allen um, and uh, Anthony Collins. But they, they're they more so – those are really more so like team tough teams, if that makes sense. Like all those guys are more like – those teams had no issues dropping the gloves and just getting into a brawl. But they never really had that designated tough guy like a Collins or a Maggio or like an Allen. And those were the, were the kind of really the big three in that division. And none of them really matched up this year at all actually. None of them really fought each other. So it's just one of those things that just kind of – just for this year – it kind of worked out funny. Like I thought last year, the fight quality was a little bit better in the league, but it's just it all. It's also schedule dependent in the East Coast league. So one year it could be down. The next year we could get you know great fights. Like this year we never really had that that main event center ice fight. Like we got like Travis Howe versus Kyle Kalenumer three times last year, or I think actually four. Um, or uh you know Skio versus Allen like last year they actually fought, but they didn't fight it at all this year because they're now now they're in separate divisions. So it's it's so. Hit or miss, I think, and it's not a it's not a slight to the guys. It's just a scheduling issue, or you know, just when the time is right to fight. Because again, this is the it's a ten fight rule, so then they gotta kind of pick their spots. So, um, but Dan Maggio, yeah, definitely a tough dude for Fort Wayne. I think they're gonna try to bring him back next season too, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm down on Maggio. Yeah,
1: no, I noticed his. I'm like, I yeah, I noticed his name, and it was like, you know, I know that guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, like you said, with, with the fight limits and everything else, it's, uh, like, I wonder how that affects, uh, well, you just answered it, but it was just like, yeah, it kind of affects the, you know, the, the heavyweight fight, because, I mean, God forbid we have one of those staged fights, you know, with, with the <laughs> yeah. heavyweights, but, you know, the one that everybody <laughs> wants to see. But it was, like you said, it was just kind of odd that it just, well, not odd, but I mean, almost wonder, it's, it, I mean, that's how hockey's changed, too. And, I mean, and again, it can be argued if that's good or bad or whatever. But it's, like, pretty much back in the day, the heavyweights were going to fight the heavyweights. Like, it was like, let's, yeah. we're going to see who's who here. We're going to, you know, a top dog. And, you know, and now, and like you said, this year, it just didn't seem to happen.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was, like, And you could tell when the fight limit came into effect, too. And you look at a guy like Nico Blatchman, when he got to Norfolk, he was – I think it was when he was at nine fights because Nico now has 11 on the year. But it was when he had nine fights – and it was actually Ortabody, uh it was funny, two former guests of the show. And Ortabody when he it was when he went to Worcester with the Railers and they ended up they're the same division as Norfolk. And that's what was funny. I was like, Oh fuck, Nico's going to Norfolk. I meant I said, Man, you could score some goals there because there's that division is just it's just a softer division. Now they have like Yannick Turcotte, but how often is that coming down to Norfolk? It's really not too often. Um that's another tough dude. Turcotte's just right out I'd probably put him in the top ten as well. And I think Joe has actually had him on the show. Yep. Over Coliseum Chronicles. Um yeah. but it was a direct product because Ortabody was trying to go blastman and Nico at the time was right at nine fights and he's like, He's I can't go. Um and Ortabody gets a jump on him and it's just it's like so now that that's what you've done. Players can't defend themselves anymore yeah. because of this ten fight rule. So it's it's still a rough and tumble league, but then it's like it, it's having an identity crisis It's almost like it doesn't know what it wants to do. It wants it's the marketing for tough hockey is still there, but then they want to put in the fight limit and you know, this other stuff or the, the two mi- the extra two minutes for removing your helmet. Um, and so like, you can see order body jumps at him and Nico doesn't do anything. He's, he's like, I can't do anything. Or the same thing when like, I, remember when he was in Savannah and a team, I think it was versus Atlanta. They actually, the Savannah and Atlanta games were really fun to watch this year. Those were, those got pretty rough and those were fun to, fun to watch. Those were some intense hockey, but same thing. Nico's at, I think eight or nine fights and, somebody in Atlanta is getting stupid. The game's out of hand because Savannah wasn't doing good at the time. And the game was already like, you know, way out of hand, but Nico's just trying to roughen the guy up and he can't drop the gloves to them. Cause then, you know, he's going to get charged with the fight and then he's one step closer to the 10 fight limit. So you see how it- you can definitely see how it handcuffs guys, which sucks.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just interesting how, yeah, it, how things have changed. And yeah. Um, well, like looking at the fight list, the one, uh, you know, like you said, it, obviously you were throwing out the names of the big boys. But uh, the, actually the league leader with 13 was Justin
0: Knobauer. Yes, guy. Justin Knockbauer of Greenville. And it was funny. I, I, it was just the other day. I think it was when I was talking with John right before. I think it was before we did our episode. I said, holy shit, look at Knockbauer coming. And I mean, he was because he had just gotten suspended again. Because after, for, for those that don't know, when you hit the 10th fight, it's a suspension for a game. And then I think once you get to – I think it's 12 or 14. It goes from a game to two games at that point and whatever. Um but he had just gotten into, like, his his like last fight, and I was like, holy shit, and he got suspended for two games for it. And I was like, you know, where is this coming from? Because he was in the league, like, all year last year, and I think he only had, like, two or three fights. Yeah. And then this year, just turned it on, and I was like, holy shit, and I mean, I'm loving it. So I don't think he's quite there yet to where I could put him in the same, you know, category as a Travis Howe or Anthony Collins, but, I mean, fuck, he's a big dude. He can get there for sure. And if there's a division to do it in, it's the South Division. Well, and it's so funny, like, you go back and you look at his things, like, He came out of the
1: Western Hockey League. He didn't fight in junior either. No. Like, the one year he had one fight. The next year he had three, three, and five. So, it wasn't like always... And the Western Hockey League is the one junior league that doesn't have a fight limit rule. So, I mean, not that it's 1986 in the Western League anymore. But, I mean, guys will... You know, there was a bunch of guys with 10 and 11 fights. Like, it was, you know... So, for him to have one, one, and three... And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he leads the East Coast League. It's like, like you said, last year he had two... And then this year he has 13. So I don't know if someone got in his ear and was like, listen. But at the same time, you go and look at his thing. Well, he played, he had to call it with the Ontario Rain. And I mean, you know, people could say whatever they want, but it's like, you know, so you got to, you got to
0: make a name for yourself somehow. Get get on the score
1: sheet somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the thing with Knockbauer though is I did, he just hasn't quite fought the caliber of guys. But I'm I hope he continues to go on and 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 fight out there. And which by the way, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits tremendous tremendous hockey league name or hockey yep. uh, team name. And it's funny because if you actually you know it's total sidetrack here now that we're on the um, topic of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, but their color commentator is like most thick Southern Car- like South Carolina accent and sounds like he's like like this happens to be a side gig he found into like this man was tailor made for like the dirt track Friday night races out in South Carolina and it's just like tremendous broadcasting he's so, he's so biased for the swamp rabbits but like i i make an exception i'm like i fucking love this like just minor pro hockey with a thick southern accent it's t- tremendous just tremendous <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, even with all my old fight DVDs and stuff. Oh, what DVD is it now? Well, I blew that bit. Uh, yeah, I had a story, <laughs> and now I just completely forgot what it was. Who? What the hell? Oh, Knoxville. I have a Knoxville Speed DVD from like 19... Jeremy Thompson's playing on it. It's like 1997 or yeah. 1998. Oh, the then... Oh, if you could... For people that want to know what I'm talking about, go to my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice, type in Jeremy Thompson, UHL, and it's go click on it. You'll listen to the announcers. Oh, yeah, it's like they went and found two Billy, you know. You know Billy two, Jim and Billy Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they put the hooch down and get, get in the broadcast booth and do this game. And, oh, yeah, they're just, it's right out of. Yeah, just backwoods <laughs> hill, and I'm just like, oh yeah, like these guys should be doing the dirt track races on on Friday night. But we're gonna stick the the races ain't happening, so we're gonna put them on the well, well in the off season, we're gonna put them in the hockey rink, and uh yeah, tremendous. Oh yeah,
0: that's, exact, that's and exactly, they, and like, you know they're just
1: loving it too, like.
0: Oh yeah, like the first it was funny because it, when this is going to sound bad, but the last year the away con- like Florida's home commentator Mike Kelly is actually a really good commentator and is actually pretty not really biased towards Florida. He calls it like it is and I I've actually really enjoyed his commentary. But the away announcer for Florida, it was a different guy and um I don't mean to be rude. I'm not a commentator so I don't know how it is, but it was fucking brutal. Um and so it was the first game they were playing against Greenville because we're new to the league, so we didn't know what was going on. We're new to Flow Sports. So I turned it on. I'm like, all right, well, I can't listen to this because I'm going to fall asleep listening to the other guy. So I was like, well, let's just see how Greenville is. And then all of a sudden you just hear – the the play-by-play guy doesn't have a southern accent. It's the, it's the color commentary guy. And then like, you know, Nuber starts bullying him and he's just, oh – you just get the heck out of here, newber. Just go back. You don't need to be out here on the ice like that. Like, you don't need to be doing that to the rabbits. It's just, like, stuff like that. Like, it just sounds straight out of, like, Michael Waltrip from fucking NASCAR. And I was like, this is this is fucking phenomenal. Like, I found my niche. This, I think it was at that moment I was like, yep, I'm, I'm going to like this league.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just, oh, yeah. I remember just listening to it. And it's like, like I said, you're so used to, like, NHL guys and stuff like that right. or TSN or Sportsnet and it's like you know not that those guys don't suck too but I mean you know now and again but not like this is a whole different level like or it just yeah. like you said just recon re- just confirms minor league sports and it's just yeah. like oh this is great <laughs> yeah 100% man yeah in one name I've, like I said I'm kind of uh um you know and folks i'm going to be the first to admit like when i'm bouncing around like i said at the start here i'm going to have Alcon talk about east coast league i mean i know some of these guys and some of the names and stuff but overall i'm like completely in the dark here on a lot of this stuff but one guy i wanted to ask about because i know he made a bit of noise back in the day was patrick mcgrath
0: um who was mike mckee i don't know did you ever watch mike mckee hold on
1: are you still there yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I I lost you for a sec. But okay, hold on. Oh. I got to write it down. I got to write my thing down. Oh, hold on. All right, we're back at it. Yeah, I had a I had a bit of a uh, audio issue. So we'll uh well, I was asking about Patrick McGrath, uh, yeah, and I was we were just kind of talking. Yeah, he was the cat that uh, I remember him in, in Wheeling and in Wilkesbury making a bit of a name there back in uh you know kind of 2013, 2014. Like I said as I, as I'm kind of going through the league, I'm I'm kind of getting uh, Surprised, or not surprised, but just kind of some of the names that have popped up. I was like, he's playing there? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think he was still around, but like Maggio being one of them and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah. But, uh, well, and like we, and we talked earlier, and I, and I of course, being in Saskatoon, I watched him play junior and, and everything else. And I know he's got obviously the injury bug and everything else, but, uh, Big Garrett Klotz, what, uh, yeah, tough, another tough season injury wise.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, Klotz, I think is just he's just getting up there with age, maybe, and he's just getting injured. But every time he fights, he just dom like it's just not even close. He just dominates. I don't think he's had a close fight since um oh man, maybe since like the nineteen eighteen or excuse me, eighteen nineteen season or like nineteen. Well, I don't even know if they had to the nineteen twenty because that would have been the COVID year, and I know like three quarters of the league fucking shut down for that. Um, but he, Klotz always looks good, man. He always delivers. And he's he's mean too. He doesn't give a shit. Even, even to this day, he still does not give a shit. Um, I think he uh, he fought twice this year, I think. Well, off the top of my head, I know for sure he fought Kelly Bent. And Kelly Bent's a guy, not a big guy, but he's certainly willing. And he just didn't – I mean, it's, it's Garrett Klotz, so you're not going to – I'm sorry, you're just not going to win against Garrett Klotz. Um, you get a guy like that. And that's where you start to see the – and I think this is where you really start to see the the – style and player the generation gap for different play like you see a guy like klotz and what he did in junior the ahl he's been in the echl forever doing the role and you get a guy coming out of junior now and you yeah. think, you know, oh he's got, you know, seven fights. Oh, he fights a lot. Well <laughs> fuck, seven fights. That was training camp for Garrett Klotz circa, yeah. you know, two thousand six or whatever. So it's just that's where you really you really start to see the difference between the old breed and the new breed. And it's the same thing with Kyle Newber. Like he fought Chris Ordebody this year. And I love Chris Ordebody too. Very willing guy, super cool guy. Um had him on the show. He sent me into fucking like, uh, Worcester Railers hat suit. Definitely didn't have to, so I appreciate that. But you look at him; he fought Kyle Newber twice this year. He actually did pretty well in round one, but you could see round two, or you could just tell. And I think in round two, it helped that Newber was pissed off as well. Newber's a guy who I think I always think he as much as I enjoy him, I think he always fights better when he's actually angry. Um, and something happened with Orlando. It was, of course, it was the one game I, I me and my wife went out for like dinner. And I I'd, I'd missed it, so I didn't get to see like the shenanigans that led up. But everybody had said I think somebody on the Solar Bears did something and they didn't own up to it. And so Newber went out and just fought Orderbody, and you could just tell how Newber was able to just dominate the fight and take it over. And again, it's the same thing. Orderbody's a willing guy, but has isn't you know? I just posted today, and you talked about it. You look back at Kyle Newber; he's been doing this for like versus like Luke Gazdick back in juniors in two thousand six. So you don't get any order bodies not fighting the the gas dicks coming up from from junior it's just it's just not a thing anymore so you definitely get to see i, I think the top dogs will still remain the top dogs until they're pretty much out of the league because it's just the, the 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 gap is just so big there between their pedigree compared to other guys well yeah and it's and I, it's a topic
1: that i have brought up before on the show and it, and it's like yeah when you see this gap that's coming with You have guys now that have come, well, except for the Western League, but even then they don't really fight that much. Well, they still play more than the other leagues. But you have with the Quebec League and the OHL with their fight limits, you have these guys that are coming out of junior, or they played junior A where they didn't really fight at all, and they played college, and now they're coming into the pro game with maybe one or two fights in their life. And they're bigger guys, and they play physical, and they get matched up, and it's it's all well and good when you're going to fight adjusted knock or whatever a guy like that that's similar to you and whatever but all of a sudden you start playing physical and you get a newber or a skio or a Glotz, or call or these guys that are old and they've been around that's when bad shit can happen and it's like yeah and it's the same thing in the nhl oh we have these young guys coming up and oh they're tough and they're gonna fight Reeves or they're gonna fight Lucic or you know, and it's like some bad shit's gonna happen because these guys they they're not they've never fought anyone like these guys. Even if they fought a couple times in junior last year, you're not fighting guys that like Nuber like like you said, Kyle Newber is in, in the OHL and he's fighting Anthony Peluso and Luke Gazdick and like legit killers that went yeah. on and played the enforcer role. These guys are just fighting other guys that I said they'll fight but they're not fighters. There's a yep, difference. Exactly. There's a difference, and you're and it's that. And until these old, like for, for those, we'll use the NHL as an example. Until the Reeves and the Lou Cheeches and the Tom Wilson, you can whatever you want about Tom Wilson, but until those guys are gone, there's that risk that something bad is going to happen. And, they, and I know Montreal. Everybody loves oh Wi Fi, Wi Fi. Everybody likes this Wi Fi guy. He had four. He had four fights in his life before he came to the NHL. Yep, you you really think he's beating Lucic? No, maybe tackle him. You might out punch him once or twice, you know. But I mean, overall, he's never fought Colt Norr and Fraser McLaren and <clears throat> all the you know England and all these guys. So it's like, yeah. So you just see this to go back to the East Coast League. Yeah, you got these younger guys that are coming up, but they just don't have they. Just haven't made the bones yet, like the older guys that are still around. And it's like, you know, but they, they're they trying to make a name because how do you make a name? Well, I'm going to fight Garrett Klotz because he's the baddest dude or Collins or Newber. Like, I mean, I get why they're going to fight these guys because they have to. But it's like, you know,
0: I, I just hope
1: something bad doesn't happen to one of these kids because,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, a, a prime example of it also was this year, and it was actually Austin Crosley. Austin Crosley, very tough kid coming out of junior. Um, he had, an, I don't, I'm trying to think if he had that many fights while he was actually in junior. Um, but yep. I know last year was his, it was his rookie year, and he had quite a bit. He had, I think, 11 fights just last season. Um, looking, yeah, he had a had 13 fights, five fights, six fights. Um, well, coming then, out of the Western League with no fight limits. Yep. Coming out of the Western League, all right? Yeah. But the problem is, even though this is the Western League circuit 2016, yeah. so it's, this is, you know, a little bit different then. He fights Travis Howe this year, and the skill gap there in that fight is, it's put on display to the T. And you could, like, and, and there's no disrespect to Crosby, but I don't even think he got a punch off at Travis Howe. And he, I mean, he gets out of the fight, and Austin Crosby's visor is just red. Um, I give Crosley all the all the credit in the world because he he didn't go down. But if you go back and I, I, the fight should be on my YouTube channel. Just look up Travis Halvers Austin Crosley. Tell me which one has been making his bones fighting over a few years, than as opposed to a guy who's kind of come up doing it here and there. And Austin Crosley did a lot last year. But again, this is the same thing. That extra caliber, that that extra step, it's it's a lot bigger step than people think it is. And that's when it gets dangerous.
1: Yeah, and it's and like you said, right? It's one of those things. Yeah, you get fought, but who are you fighting too? Yeah. Like you're fighting guys that like you have not really fought. So and again, and, and, the...
0: and Nico, I think, realized that too, because he fought he fought quite a bit in the QMJHL. This is before the uh you know, the, the whole band thing happened, but you look at him and you know, I think Travis Howe humbled him real quick last year and he he knew and he's like, Well fuck, I said I got gotta do my homework next time and uh you know he fought a guy like josh thrower josh thrower tko'd him this year and nico did well in round one but this was round two with them and to like you know josh thrower i think just took notes and just knew what to do at the time because it's josh thrower and that was that's one of like him and skio are probably the last guys coming out of the dub that really like you know kind of put it on on display because josh thrower was still a later guy in the dub but still definitely a tough dude um but I think you can still see the gap even there with a guy like Blatchman, as much as willing as Nico is, and he also doesn't have the size that you know a Travis Howe does. But at the same time, it's like that's who we're, that's the difference of uh, of fighting here, because it's like you know Domi didn't have the size on guys back in the day, but Domi was came out of the OHL fighting. So he knew what to do against guys like Probert and, you know, Brashear or whatever the case is. So he wasn't getting completely knocked out or anything like that. So it just, it, it's, it's always going to be well, I shouldn't say It's always going to be there. It's there in hockey. Now we're really starting to see that transition of the old breed to the new breed. And, the difference of caliber is a fighters. I think it, it's the, the best way to see it is actually probably in the minor pro leagues, like the AHL or the ECHL. Cause you look at a guy like Gallant too, like Alex Gallant up in the, up in the AHL or Brett Gallant. Um, did, have they lost a fight in the past, like three years? Oh. Probably not because no, nobody's coming up doing what they did. Fuck Alex. Alex came up through the SPHL. I, I don't know if Brett did, but I know Alex came up through the SP. Um, Yep. fighting anybody and everybody so it's like we're, this is that we're in that time now where we're starting to see kind of the changing of the guard but it's like you know these don't 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 call that guy you know the old geezer who doesn't know what he's doing you know this fucking floor you real quick
1: <laughs> yeah it's like that, yeah you're right in that middle of that transition period and it's yep. like you know there's going to be another Two, three year window and then it should be all turned over by then You know, the Galantz will be, well, Alex might still be around But Brad will be retired and Galantz will be retired And, you know, whatever, and Collins and them will be on But, and Uber and stuff, but it's like Yeah, it'll be uh until that period, you know, we could uh, could uh see some ugliness But, um well, I'm not going to keep you for too long well, We yapped for a long time here and I mean, you know, <laughs> we can only go around We talked about who the tough guys were and everything else um, the one name I just kind of got to throw out cause we haven't mentioned him yet, but of course you had your big clash at the coast tournament where it was the 32 guys and the voted on. And like I said, you're going to review that with John here on your episode. So I won't go into the whole thing, but I, well, I mean, it's no secret that people listening to it probably voted on, so they know who won anyway, but it's like Sean Allen. I mean, he was uh, fourth in the league in fights with nine. Uh, wh- what did you see out of him this season?
0: so I love Sean Allen, man. He's a dude and like he's one of those guys that he'll fight and he's he's definitely got some size. I want to say Sean Allen, He might be six four, six five. Um because I know when he went he went toe to toe with Skio last season and they looked pretty similar in builds, and Skio's another big dude. Um and that's actually ironically enough, they fought last year and then that was that was who ended up in the finals was it was Darian Skio versus Sean Allen. And Sean Allen ended up winning by all of 14 votes, it was like the tightest fucking poll ever. But Sean Allen, man, I love him out in Cincinnati, and um, he's definitely – he's a willing guy he will stand in there and throw, and he stood in there with Darian Schio, uh last year. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else he fought. He had another really good one. It was last year. I thought last year was a better year for him in terms of fights, but this year was still pretty good too, um, and – He's one of those guys too. Like afterwards of the fights, he'll hype up the crowd. Like everybody in Cincinnati loves him. He the the amount of support that Cincinnati uh, came out and showed for Sean Allen during the tournament, and it's 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 funny. You could almost see like in the tournament as the time as you know the tournament goes on, more and more fans start hearing about it and voting for. It. And everybody loves Sean Allen in Cincinnati, so it's good to see that folks still love the tough guy out there too. Was it? Dawson, I mean, they have, was I it, it they, Dawson they Butt had, that he fought? Yes, yeah, that's who it was. It was Dawson Butt. Yeah. Dawson, but yeah, you interviewed his old man.
1: I did. Yeah, very, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> very, very, uh, very tough cat in the, uh, in the Western, undersized, but, but, uh, but very tough in the, uh, in the, in the Western Hockey League back in the day. Why? Well, I'm just kind of looking up Dawson real quick. He didn't play this year.
0: No, he didn't. I'm not sure what, where he went this year. If he, did he just not play at all? No. Or did he go to Europe? Oh, I know. no, I have not no at clue. all. So
1: I, maybe he went back to school. I mean, because he played, uh, you know, a bunch of the years in the Western Hockey League. So I don't know, maybe he's using his school shit. And, you know, I played his year of pro, said he did it and moved on. I don't know. Uh,
0: I remember Dawson and he would use the Rick Rippin, like the the, the putting the hand up and trying yeah. to block. Yeah, he's an undersized dude, but yeah, he was willing. I love Dawson, but yeah, that was one of the, um, I think John... Showed me him early on because he was with Allen. It was him and Skio last year, so that was kind of like you know, if you want to play fuck around, there's Dawson Butt. But if you really want to play fuck around, you got Darian Skio too. So that was a good one-two combo out there in Allen last season. Well, and
1: Skio has been interesting too because, of course, you know, tough guy in the Western League, probably won most of his. Well, I think mean, he's won every fight that I ever saw him in the Western League. But uh, but then he went to school, so you know he played Canadian yeah. college hockey, and of course, there's no fighting in Canadian college hockey. Although, uh, teammates with Dakota Hodgers and, uh, you know, those two <laughs> characters, they still did manage to get into a fight in junior, in college hockey, but, of course. uh, and then, but it was interesting. And I remember, and then he came out and he was playing in the East coast league. And I remember, uh, obviously I haven't had him on the show to, to ask him, but I was going to, you know, I don't want to say the first couple of fights he got in, he was rusty, but I mean, when you haven't done it for a couple of years, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your, uh, you know, your, your sea legs back. But, uh, it looks like he's, uh, he's got them back, uh, in, uh, 100% form
0: now. How did, uh, how has he looked overall? Oh, Skiho has looked great this year. Um, and it's fun. I've seen people try to say he's a spot picker. I'm like, fuck, Skiho, of all people, he's me. He was, if there's going to be a person that's going to get suspended for a while, I mean, hell, he, I forget what happened in the Savannah game, but he jumped off the bench the, the other night and got a two game sussy for it. Um, coming off the bench to go fight somebody or get at somebody. Actually, ironically, nothing ever even ended up fighting. So I was actually surprised he still got suspended. Um, but he's a dude that's kind – of, like, like I said, he's one of the very, very few that kind of came out of junior, still prime, because I think this is his third season in the ECHL, yep. third or fourth. Because I know he start is it his third? Yep. Because he started out in Indy, correct? Uh Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I didn't see him when he was out in Indy, but that was when J- I think John had watched him because of course you know John John's the campaign manager for the Skio Clash of the Clan or Clash of the Clan Clash of the Coast uh tournament campaign manager there. Um yeah, he so, started yeah, he's he's kind of started in Indy then went got traded to Allen. And then went to Allen. Yep. Okay, so I'm trying to make sure I didn't I'm not missing too much of Skios career. So I saw I saw the majority of his ECHL career so far because he was in, you know, Allen last year and I saw that. But yeah, he's a dude that's, you know, come up big dude. Uh I think he's like 6'6, mm-hmm. six, six, and he had actually a really he had a really good fight with a guy named Garrett Cockrell this year. And that was out in I think it was in Savannah, but on all nights, you can look it up on YouTube because I, I I have it up on there. Um and it was the Dumb and Dumber Night. So they got the the bright one 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 team's wearing the bright orange suit, the other team is wearing the like the baby blue suit or whatever, uh, you know jerseys of course. You know I say suit loosely, but oh yeah, it's Dumb and Dumber night and they're going out there and throwing down a peak minor pro hockey and Skio uh, ends up getting the dub against Cockrell. I'm trying to think of anybody. It was funny because that was the one thing I, I told John. I said, man, I, I really hope we get to see Skio take on Newber because I was like, that's. Just, that's a you know marquee matchup. He actually did very well against a um, a Travis Howe in the preseason too. They fought in preseason. That fight's on YouTube. They go toe to toe. I'd still I'd probably say Howe won the fight, but you know Skia wasn't getting picked off of the ice by the you know medical team or anything. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see this year. Yeah, I just it, for whatever reason it was again. This was just a weird year where there was never really that marquee matchup. Like him and him and Cockrell, I think dropped the buckets at Center Ice, so that was a that was probably his best fight of the year in terms of like entertainment value. Everything else, I mean, he mostly just kind of you know dumbed the guys. And he it's not that like he didn't do bad or anything, but there just wasn't like that Travis Howe versus rematch because of course Howe went to the AHL and that really put a damper on things because I think How. Howe is, like, the measuring stick, so all these tough guys still want to fight him. And, like, even in the preseason, Skio dropped the gloves with Travis Howe. And even after all this time, Newber and Howe fought at the beginning of the year. So I think that put a damper on things in the South Division, which sucks. But overall, I'd say Darren Skio still did very well, and I'd still put him as one of the top dogs in the league, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it uh, yeah, it's always interesting, right?
1: Well, I mean, all the playoffs are going on or whatever, but always with the miners, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen next year, right? You don't know if um, yeah, you know, it's not like oh, these, you know, if it's an NHL guy, he's got a five-year deal, making five million a year. I mean, you know, he's coming back next year, right? Well, when yeah. it comes to the miners, you never know. I mean, do these guys just uh, you know they have enough, or you know they get a good job back home, and maybe you know or go to Europe or wherever it may be. So you never know what uh, what's in store from year to year, because um, like you even said, right? Just the year previous, you know, twenty one, twenty two was probably a stronger year fight wise than this year was. Yep, you know, or yeah, at least 100%. better fights, it, like, or whatever you want to call it, right?
0: Yeah, well, you had, and then I th- this year they, I was like, I, if you would have told me Travis Howe was getting caught up for like over twenty games in the AHL this year, I'd have told you you're fucking crazy. Because like I said, I want to say he was on a one way contract in the in the in the coast because. Um, Jacksonville's farm club or their parent club is the Hartford Wolfpack and he went to the San Diego Gulls Uh, so I don't think you know I think he was loaned there I don't think because he was on a one-way contract he had to be there um so it just it, it all depends, and you had Matthew Gagnon go over to Nottingham, uh, Cole Fraser in Toledo went over went to go play overseas, Stephon Fournier who's fighting his down a bit over the years, but he went over to play in Cardiff, um in in Europe this year, and ended up coming back. So it, it's it all depends. It's like it, it varies between years, especially now. It's not like you know, the 90s where, oh, this tough guy wanted to leave. Okay, well, let's get the Rolodex out. We have, you know, 50 others on standby. You know, if a tough guy leaves, it's like, oh, well, you know, they probably just lost your toughness for the year unless you make a trade. So... Yeah. Um, it's It all depends. And this year, it wasn't a bad year at all. There were still some great fights. We had the double knockout uh, with Ye- uh, Yemen's and Balance. You had uh, Nico Blatchman had a really good one with Sean Golka. That one was one of the best of the year. And actually, Michael Robidoux, who's a very polarizing figure, got the suspension at the beginning of the year, had a really good fight with, um,
1: with that, Walker of Idaho. That fan totally deserved it from Robidoux. I don't blame him. Should have hit him. Oh, higher.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think and I think the league from what I heard from I so you know, some insider, how true it is, I don't know. I think the but the league I don't think is a big fan of because he's he's kind of a pest. He's a shit starter for sure. I wouldn't necessarily call him an enforcer. He's more so like a um like kind of like a Barnaby he'll fight, but he's definitely not like an enforcer. He's just there to really start shit. But I think the league wanted to come down harder on him, but they at the same time they saw the footage and the they were like, Well, you know, the fan kind of asked for it a little bit so we we, i think they really wanted to give him like 20 games or something but he only ended up getting i think 12 or something something like that i can't remember off the top of my head but yeah i think the fan deserved it too (laughs) yeah no i i have no
1: sympathy for any for any idiot that's gonna hang out and yell over hang over the rails and yell at shit and start shit and it's like sit down yeah like you're a goof you know so but uh well man that's uh you know the you know we'll see what happens with the east coast League and uh you know with the uh, with the fall with next year in the spring in the fall get in the spring yeah in the fall <laughs> and uh like I said every year is a little different right and you never know and uh you know especially in the, as we say with minor league hockey it's such a it's a nom- so, so nomadic right I mean you know guys come and go and uh you know and it'll be interesting like i mean you know with Gagnon, the way he bounces around i mean. I mean, I don't, did he even fight Nottingham? I think he had won or something in Nottingham. I, I, think, yeah, fighting's I think he's pretty had... much become non-existent in the UK. So it's like, I mean, I don't oh, know. It's crazy. I mean, is he going to be back in trois Rivieres
0: next year? I mean, that'd be something. Imagine if he showed up. Yeah. Well, well, fuck, when he he was there, he was like the fucking boogeyman. I don't think he lost a fight when he was in Three Rivers last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think he had, like, all of two fights in the UK this year. It's so funny to see, and this is from the same league that had Brian McGratt and Cam Jansen out in Nottingham, like, you know, six years ago. Yeah, Zach
1: Fitzgerald and all those guys. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, Gagnon just can't
0: buy a fight, right? And it's just like... Oh, even back then, you got, like, Cairns and Engelstad fucking throwing down over there, too. Yeah. (laughs) While we were talking off-air, I said, you know, I said, shit,
1: what are these East Coast League teams? I said, if you got to... You had a, it's too bad it wasn't like back in the day. If you had a couple tough guy, if you had a tough guy coming into town and you didn't have anybody, I said, put the phone call and get Daniel Amesbury up from Danbury. Let's uh, let's see it. Throw him in the East Coast League for a road trip one weekend. That'd be pretty fun because you know he You know he'd go oh, for it. Yeah.
0: If I was a bottom feeder team and I knew I wasn't making playoffs, oh. Amesbury, you're on the next fucking bus over here. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, if you
1: knew like Blatchford of these guys were coming into town on the weekend. I would be running promo videos of diamond hands all over the place. And yeah, because I don't think you'd have to tell him twice to fight Blatchwood. I don't think Nico would need to be talked into it. And
0: uh, No, yeah. I don't think there would be much convincing. Yeah, no. I think if if Norfolk – I hope Norfolk keeps Nico next year. One, because I think he's, he's doing well. He's found his stride there, I think, in terms of, you know, contributing on the score sheet as well. But two, the selfishness in me to just go see a game there. But they got to do like a, you know – I have always wondered why, and I don't know why Florida hasn't done it. Because actually, this year, Florida, uh, or excuse me, this year, Kyle Newber became the all-time penalty minute leader for the Florida Everblades, and he's actually got like seven hundred something. It's actually kind of a, actually way higher than I would have expected. Um, but I don't know why they haven't done a Kyle Newber bobblehead night. Or next year, they got to do like a Nico Blashman bobblehead night. Like it, that would just be like it'd just be like hotcakes. It would sell so fast. Oh, yeah. like, well, I don't know why. Never mind bobble. Get the bobble fists. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, like the old uh, fuck. I think I got the old Bombi one hanging up there somewhere. Yeah, the old, I, you got the fist that shake with the springs on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: why? I don't, we should be in a marketing department. Why do they not do this stuff? I don't understand. Like you said, you got Newber's jersey going for more than anybody's. Why would you not have a? Why have they not done a bobblehead of him to begin with anyway?
0: Yeah. Oh, and he's got a tooth missing too. Get him with the tooth missing yeah. smile. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. I don't oh, know. I, for, I, and Nico I, I don't is so know. animated after fights. You could put him yeah. in any pose you want after fights, you know, or whatever. It, just be it's too easy. It's like fish in a barrel.
1: It <laughs> is, and they don't and they don't
0: do anything. I don't I
1: don't I don't know. Whatever. Times have changed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But so I, I think bigger. people are probably getting time to change the channel, I mean, with this show. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for sure. Anyway, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I mean, obviously I'm talking to you like you know, we're not going to do this again, but I'll probably have you on in a few weeks. I don't know. We'll find something else to talk about. But in the meantime, where, where, can, the, uh, where can the folks find more of Alec?
0: Oh, just what they need more of Alec. Yeah. Uh, well, you can just search Five for Finding podcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the podcast will pull right up. You can follow the YouTube channel. I'm not quite as active on there as I used to be. Um because it's kind of hard just to I, I, going around to try to find ECHL footage after they took down the channel kind of gets tired real fucking It gets old really quick. so I apologize. Um, but you can still find that I still upload a couple fights here and there. I uploaded Amesbury's last fight. Um, but all social media platforms you can find the podcast and same thing with uh, where to listen is Apple, iTunes, um, you know Spotify. Google, Google play, whatever it is. It's all there. So I'm not that hard to find. (laughs) No. And like I said, his next, next episode, when's your episode coming out? Thursday. I got it scheduled for Thursday. I'm going to, I just got to record the intro for it tomorrow and then I will have it out Thursday, but it's me and John from the old hockey fight league doing a bracket wrap up episode. Yeah. He's going to do his clash the coast wrap up. That'll be fun to, uh, to
1: listen to. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the skio hour. I know it's going to be with John on
0: there. It is that my well and it's funny too, because and I I totally did it on your episode just now too, or well, you know, earlier when I was talking. Instead of saying Clash of the Coast, I said Clash of the Clans, which is a fucking like phone app or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I only and, and it it came into my head because John was like hyping up coming onto the show or whatever, and he's like, Yeah, hashtag and put the hashtag in wrong, hashtag Clash of the Clan and i was like fuck i'm bringing you on you can't even get the damn hashtag right for clash of the coast and then that, i don't know why that popped into my brain i was like now nah, he's got me saying this. this this thing is gonna be the fucking clash of the clan, clan tournament next year apparently so who knows
1: <laughs> yeah well there you go and i mean i know that was uh met with a lot of uh success and uh that was a fun tournament so it'll be fun to listen to you guys break that down and uh but it was fun to uh, just kind of, uh Well, rant and rave and bitch about fight limits and everything else. uh, I talked a few fights in the East Coast League, but uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. And any time, I'm more than happy to come on whenever you're hurting for (laughs) guests. Rock bottom, here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good one, man. You too.